The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Well, hello, Engaging Truth audience. Pastor Jeff Doria here with a most excellent guest today on our call, Alan Eckert, uh, second vice president of the Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Well, Alan, how's your day going so far? Fine and dandy. Typical day of a pastor. I had a high school Bible class I taught this morning. I just finished an adult Bible class. I've got this, and then I'm headed to the hospital. So <laughs> about normal. Full. Yep. Uh, that's wonderful. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you're giving us a bit of your time uh, today. We are um, uh, investigating throughout this month of May, just different spotlighting different uh, leaders of the Texas district. And so we'd love to hear a little bit more about you. Uh, maybe you can give us a little background information on uh, just your upbringing and uh, your little family and uh, just give us a little synopsis of that. Sure. So I was uh, born in Brownwood, Texas, which is a, uh, a in this circuit where I serve right now. So I was I was born in the same circuit where I served and was baptized there at Grace in Brownwood. Uh, I grew up in Fort Worth and uh, attended Zion Lutheran Church and I attended parochial school there. And um, I'm married, been married nearly 40 years and have uh, two children and seven grandchildren. And I served in uh, with in South Texas with you a number of years ago. Uh, Jeff, and then uh, have been out here in West Texas for about the last eight years. And um, I've served uh, dual parishes and uh, small parishes and large parishes with schools. And um, um, my parents are from this area, grandparents, great-grandparents. We farmed and ranched in this area since we came from Germany. So I have deep, deep roots in this particular part of the world. How about that? That's pretty cool. Now I know yeah, Brownwood. Cool. That's a pretty small town, and uh, yeah. but isn't there, is there a college or a satellite college up there? There is. Uh, Ang Angelo State is here, and it's uh, okay. it has a connection with the Texas Tech network. Uh, but Angelo State is here, and uh, it's a great little university. And we have a number of there are young people that are here in the congregation, and we were just talking about them in Bible class that. They're, they're so active here, so involved, and we've got a nice little college-age group, and uh, the, several of the ladies volunteer at the Pregnancy Help Center here in town, and so they've just uh, planted roots here, and are, it's, it's a, a delight to see. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, great. Well, we are, um, as you know, we're spotlighting uh, different uh, people of the Texas District Leadership positions, and uh, uh, you're one of the vice presidents. You're serving um, the Area A. And uh, a lot of our listeners are probably not have have no clue what that means, area A of Texas. So I'd uh, love to hear a little bit, you know, you can describe that geographically, sure. let us know where you're at. And then also um, what, you know, just some of the things, uh, your role, and what does that mean as you serve in that way? And how does this relate to the vision of the Texas district? So um, area A is the size, in terms of square miles, is the size of Montana is how, how big it is. Uh, and it goes from the Panhandle uh, kind of over to Wichita Falls, all of West Texas uh, down to, um, well, down to Sonora, 
And then there's really nothing south of Sonora a whole lot. And uh, then um, as far west, El Paso is in a district, different district. But all of the West Texas panhandle area is in area A. And um, so that is the, the uh, if you've ever been out here, there's a lot of open country. So uh, it, it would be, it would be, you know, people in Houston or Austin would be amazed. But like my next nearest Missouri Senate congregation is an, at least an hour away to get to the next where we are. And um, so things are fairly isolated out here. It's very uh, rough and rugged kind of country. Uh, to the west of me, there's lots of oil and gas. Um, that's kind of the big business there. In my part of the world, it's uh, mainly agriculture, cattle, sheep, and goats. Uh, when you get up to the Panhandle, again, you know that includes Lubbock. So there's a, a large university there, but uh, a lot of agriculture, a lot of uh, rural. Uh, congregations, a lot of small congregations. That's kind of what the what the area is. So, okay, okay and I'm so and, and yeah, as you said, I'm the the vice president out, out here, and mm -hmm. uh, I've also been circuit visitor when I first got out here for my circuit, um, but now I'm the vice president. And um, do you want me to talk a little bit about what that is in general? Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Yeah, what that what that means. What does that look like, and how does that connect to the church and the district? Yeah. And stuff? So the area vice presidents, and there's four in Texas, and we cover geographic areas. Um, that we serve at um, at the request of President Newman, and so we were elected. We were nominated by our areas. We were elected by the district as a whole. Uh, but our function, especially, is first and foremost. I, to help the, the district president um, as he asks us to do and as we have opportunity to do. And so that involves um, different things to, to represent him uh, at various kinds of events. I do, uh, I attend a lot of funerals out here for retired pastors, oftentimes representing the district uh, when President Newman's not able to be here. I uh, had one of those last week in Lubbock. Um, I also, uh, Oftentimes when President uh, Newman is not able to be here, I conduct uh, the installations and the ordinations out here uh, by his authority out here. Um, if there's conflicted situations or difficult times, I'll visit with congregations if I'm asked to do that. Uh, I also uh, call on all of the circuits uh, in the area, and I do that at least once a year. It almost always ends up being uh, more than that because different events come up. Uh, but one thing I do, I make regular pastoral visitations upon the circuits and the circuit visitors uh, out here. And that's that's all of this kind of work is just a delight to do, um, to visit with the brothers, to be there in significant occasions when they're ordained or installed, um, to, to comfort families of church workers. It's just it's just good. It's just such a blessing to do that kind of pastoral work. Um, the vice presidents also serve on the board of directors of the Texas district. And so part of my role is also to, uh, to attend those meetings and to, to vote, uh, as one of the members of the board of directors in the district. Um, and so really to kind of in my area, to be the voice and the presence of the district out here, uh, to represent, uh, president Newman as faithfully as I can, um, and to help him in ways that, um, uh, that he, he lets me know that he needs. 
Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, the what you're describing sounds like a full-time job, but you are a parish pastor as well. So you're serving your church, Trinity uh, Lutheran Church in St. Angelo. Uh, and so um, how, do you find any, um, is, is, it, is it a constant struggle to balance those things, or do you feel like you've got ample time to do both? No, no, no. Uh, I, I remember I had a professor at the seminary that said the only way that seminary is anything close to parish life is that you never have time to do everything you think you ought to do as well as you ought to do. And that's right. Um, so it, I, I have always, well, I've always just had a, um, a strong work ethic. I'm a good manager of my time. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate and depend on uh, the graciousness of my own congregation in allowing me to do this. Um, I encourage them to understand that this is a service uh, to to the church, and they they know this. I think that any congregation that has been through a call process or been through you know any kind of uh, struggle understands the value of having the district come and stand beside you and help you. So my congregation is really very understanding about that. But you know, in my I was just thinking about this the other day. In my ministry of some twenty five years, there's been one year out of that that I have not either served a vacancy or a circuit visitor or area vice president. So this is just kind of the way our church is today that we yeah. take on. Yeah. We take on different roles and wear different hats um, yeah. for the sake of the church. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of pastors that will probably um, will have one year where they serve in something like that, where you have one year where you're not. And, right. uh, um, and as, but uh, you're a, as I've known who you are for, for a couple decades now, practically. So ever since Corpus yeah. Christi, I know, like you said, you're a man who has a strong work ethic and a good balance of time and and has a lot to offer the church, not just the parish, but uh, the church in general. So thank you for doing all that. So when you're looking at, uh, you know, Area A, you're looking at the vast spans of space and the congregations that are, as you mentioned, isolated, you know, kind of just disjointed. Uh, they're just so far apart geographically. Uh, what you know, what do you see the, where do you see the spirit working? Uh, how is God working in that area? How do you see him uh, leading you or just the church in general uh, into the future? Uh, what are, I'm just curious, what are some of the neat things that you're seeing there? Yeah. So I guess, you know, the first thing I'd say, Jeff, is that for you and I as pastors, we, we just have to believe that, um, that wherever the word is, there the Holy Spirit is at work. And in the lives of people that are hearing the word of God and being taught the word of God and comforted by the word of God, uh, that are being baptized and communed and, and cared for in the name of Christ in all those places, uh, it's just such a fundamental part of, of my understanding of my ministry and as a pastor that those things matter, whether it's in big places or small places, whether it's in a big community or an isolated community brother that's what those things are eternal and they matter and so i think that especially out here in west texas the the brothers out here they just have a deep deep understanding of that and see see the value of that and so you know you have a guy like dave Rody that's up in wilson texas which is not exactly a metropolis uh <laughs> yeah but but dave Rody has been there nearly 40 years and served in that place and you know the value of his ministry um, is seen now across generations of people up there. He is he is Mr. Lutheran up there. He is, people understand Lutheran because of Dave Rohde and because of his commitment to to minister in that place. And I see that in so many of the brothers out here, and it's so uh, it's just so encouraging to see 
um, their willingness to to serve in places that oftentimes are challenging the the place itself, uh, not the people, but the place uh, to serve oftentimes in isolation from one another. And just to do that and to pour their lives into it. It's just a lovely thing to see in the life of the pastors out here, you know, just in terms of what's going on out here in West Texas. Um, and I'll, I'll just not sing, not sing my praises, but the praise of my principal. Uh, we also operate a Christian school here that goes um, from uh, uh, pre-K 18 months all the way up now to high school. And so oh, wow. over the last several years, we've become the first Lutheran high school uh, out here in West Texas. And we're really so thankful for that. And we just we know that this is the Lord's work. I know that um, like Pastor Heiner right now has just finished up a big a big building project or is working on that close to finishing up for the sake of expanding his school ministry there. Uh, Zion Abilene does the same kind of thing. Um, and so there are opportunities out here, especially in terms of educational ministry, to do great work. Um, I know that one one kind of neat thing that we're excited about out here in West Texas is that um, Pastor Lincoln and Deaconess uh, Naomi Guetta have come out here to West Texas uh, with kind of the charge and an emphasis of helping us with outreach and evangelism out here, and particularly to the Hispanic community to kind of think about that and to find a way forward. I know that up in the panhandle here in the last couple of weeks, um, Robert Holliday, uh, who's uh, Dr. Robert Holliday, who's got a dean man, very, very bright guy, uh, held a big gathering on, so what does the future look like out here in West Texas in terms of really kind of declining population, some slow growth in the churches, um, a, 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 an ever older uh, uh, ministry out here. So what does that look like? He had 40 or 50 people come out in from the panhandle and talk about, well, what is the ministry going to, what is the ministry going to look like out here and how are we going to serve these folks? And so when I, when I look at West Texas, I'm just heartened uh, by the kind of in and necessarily so, but the kind of innovative entrepreneurial attitude of people out here and saying, look, these things, uh, our faith is valuable to us. The church is valuable to us. Uh, we understand that it's not always going to look the same. And so what can we do to make sure that this, that the ministry of Christ is going forward uh, in this place in the years to come? Right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you mentioned Lincoln and um, they, that they're doing this work. I'm wondering with your church is so spread out uh, the amount of uh, the, or dependency on technology. I'm just kind of wondering off the top of my head, if, if, if that is playing such a strong role now, or do you, are are people still willing to drive hours to get together in person? Um, but do you see the um, uh, just a, a new beginning regarding technology being able to connect different congregations? It, it's a it's a great question, and I I don't know if that's been settled really out here. Um, great distances for traveling. This is no this is this is life out here. And so, in my work as uh, vice president, I drive about thirty thousand miles a year. So. So this is kind of what we do out here. That's what you do. It's just that's, your normal. That's what we do. Right? That's, that's and your I, normal. You're not. Okay. Yeah. And I will just wow. say, too, that, you know, the people out here, it is the people out here like to get together and distance okay. is no impediment to get to getting together. I think okay. where Jeff, where technology is going to come into play is. So what happens if we have and, and this is I mean, this is on the cusp. So what happens if we have two or three isolated congregations? How are we going to serve them? 
Um, how are we going to be in those places? And it, even if they're calling, even if they're looking for some kind of worker, so how are we going to fill those gaps in the meantime? And I do think that technology is, is certainly a part of that, or at least part of the answer to that um, in terms of communicating the gospel. And I think that um, I, I, I think that people understand that, you know, the working out of it is still something to be done. Um, yeah. the, you know, the pain of not being able to get together or to have a pastor there. I think that that is real. Um, but there's a, there's a long history and Steve Mish knows all this history. He's really the expert on this, but there's a long history of, uh, of kind of missionary traveling pastors. And that may be the model uh, in the years to come. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how things change because we know they're changing. So yeah, they are. Well, let me take a break here. And uh, uh, and tell our listening audience, thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast of Engaging Truth, which is part of the Evangelical Life Ministries. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, smash that like button and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming broadcasts. Also, please know that this ministry is made possible by the generosity of people like you. If you'd like to donate, we would greatly appreciate it, and we will continue to seek to publish relevant information of God's truth and how it engages the world. You can donate online through our website at elmhouston.org or send a check to ELM PO Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. Your gift is tax deductible and you will be given a receipt. And finally, through our website, you can submit questions about our broadcast and even submit prayer requests. And we look forward to hearing from you. Well, now let's resume our conversation with Alan Eckert. Uh, the vice, one of the vice presidents, but the vice president of Area B of the Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. All right, we have about five, six minutes left, and uh, uh, so I'd love to to hear maybe a, a challenge and or some celebrations, you know, different challenges or celebrations that are happening in Area A. You've kind of already alluded to some, uh, but if there's anything uh, that you would like our listening audience to know about some great things or some struggles that you're facing, I'd love to hear from that. So, and, and not, and brother, not to correct you, I'm in Area A. Let's not freak out John Davis in Area B, okay? Oh, oh did I say Area B? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all, that's oh, all right. We're in D? Yeah, we're yeah. in D, so... Yeah, the, but, the uh, coffee just came out of John Davis's nose. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yes, yeah. Get, yeah. So, Area A. Yeah. So, I mean, what wh the big challenge out here is a challenge this place is facing other places, like in the Dakotas, where so many of these congregations were founded around agricultural communities and families that worked in agriculture, and as that agricultural landscape has changed and declined from family farms to corporate farms, then what went along with that were the families that were there, that were the core uh, of these of these uh, congregations in these uh, particular areas. And so we're certainly not immune from that uh, out here in West Texas. And so it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a challenge for us to think about so how are we going to serve these communities? And I think that I think that one of the things that we're that we're going to have to just think seriously about, and there will be a big change for us, is um, while there are um, declining Anglo populations in agriculture, oftentimes there are increasing Hispanic uh, populations. Mm -hmm. um, and so how do we, you know, how do we do that with integrity? I mean, how do we do that? 
in terms of first generation people and then second and third generation people with people that are specifically Spanish speakers or people that are bilingual. And how do we do that uh, in a way that is uh, that shows care and concern for that particular culture that um, and that reaches out with the gospel of Jesus Christ? So how do we how do we do that? And I, it's just a big question. It's not unique to us in West Texas. Right. It's, yeah, it's it's something in the state. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I just think that that for us in West Texas and for us in the district, I really do believe that that is the question. Uh, how are we going to to conduct ministry um, in a way that is um, in a in a way that reaches out with integrity to the Hispanic community? So how are we going to yeah. do that? Uh, yeah, so that's, that's a tough one. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was no, I was going to say that that's a that's such a big issue, a, a real tough one. There, I, I was just talking with Ben Gonzalez, who is a, a mission strategist for uh, what area B in Texas, and uh, and that's kind of his role is uh, just helping churches network and, and, uh, and focusing a lot on Hispanic ministry and stuff. So yeah, like you said, it's not just an issue for area A; uh, it's pretty much spread out throughout our state. So indeed. Right. Well, any celebrations you have? You want to highlight a celebration? We only have about a minute left, uh, so go ahead and give us something. Well, I think just the things that we've talked about so far. I okay. I, I look at our what's going on at our school, and I just think, well, that's a miracle. Uh, I see what's yeah. going on at, at with Eric Heiner at Hope in Lubbock, and just the kind of enthusiasm that is at that place. I see the evangelist training that's going on and a guy from Hope Lovick, Dave Baldner, who's on our board of directors, this kind of a, a lead teacher of that. And so all of these things are kind of taking root out here in small ways and large ways. And it's really, it's really kind of exciting to see the commitment that people have, whether it's a large congregation or a small congregation, the commitment people have uh, in, in wanting to reach out to their friends and neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's going to, if you have large ethnic communities like in Houston, that's going to be one thing. If you have rural folks out in West Texas, that's going to be another thing. But it's, it's a heartening thing to see uh, in the lives of the people out here, a genuine willingness and commitment to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether that's in schools or in evangelist training or in just getting together and troubleshooting with a group, how are we going to serve the people of God out here in terms of the ministry? So all of that together for me just is a heartening kind of thing. Yeah, you you have so many different celebration things. It's like a full package. It's not just one area, but you're seeing it in lots of different places in the area of Texas, as well as in different ministries, whether it's school, parish, um, and just different networking with people. Um, so that's great to hear. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Thanks. Well, I tell you what, uh, Alan, why don't you uh, lift up the church and, you know, Texas district? Uh, I know you've mentioned that you're an extension of uh, President Newman. So if you don't mind, you know, praying for things that he's dealing with and uh, your your own congregation, but feel free to take some time and give us a minute prayer. And uh, we'd love that. Sure. Well, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do pray. Um for your holy church on earth and for particularly our own part of that. We pray, Lord, that you would keep us faithful, that you would keep us steadfast, uh, that you would give us a heart for the lost, um, that our eyes might always be open towards those who do not know uh, your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, and that you might equip each and every one of us to bear faithful witness to him as we have opportunity. Father, we especially pray for our own Texas district, and we pray for President Newman, uh, that we might be people of faith, uh, people of commitment to your great mission uh, in this state. 
Father, I pray particularly for the folks in West Texas that you would continue to bless us, um, that you would set before us opportunities to bear faithful witness to you. And then, Father, give us the, the wisdom to see those and the eyes of faith to see those, uh, that we might do your work and walk according to your will in this place. Father, I ask your blessing upon um, all of my brother pastors and my fellow church workers, um, that you would lift them up and that you would encourage them, uh, that you would remind them that their work is precious in your sight. And Father, we cannot um, close but by, but by remembering the faithfulness of all of your people here in the Texas district. Father, we thank you for their prayers, for their generosity, for their leadership, for their service, um, that they pour out their lives in love for you and for the lost. Father, be with us and bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Jeff Doria with Engaging Truth, and we'll come back again. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.